Hello, and welcome to Surviving HG, the Truth About Plant Medicine podcast. I'm your Canadian host, Tori Moline, and I can't wait to share with you all the brave, untold stories of women who faced hyperemesis gravidarum and courageously chose to use plant medicine. These stories carry with them raw experiences, brave vulnerability, and ultimately the intuitive powers HG moms have deep within inside of us. This podcast marries two untalked about subjects, HG and the generation of women who were silenced, and the natural yet stigmatized powers of the cannabis plant. HG is the picture-perfect illness candidate for cannabis, but because it involves pregnancy and growing a baby, doctors in the medical world are reluctant to try it and to recommend it. Decades worth of propaganda still contributes to many people, including these doctors, outlook on plant medicine. In some places like the UK or Texas, for example, HG moms who choose to use cannabis out of survival to save them and their baby are persecuted. In other places, HG moms are given a hard time by social workers, family members, partners, hospital staff, and their OB and midwife. HG moms deserve justice after centuries of suffering. HG moms deserve to know about plant medicine as an option during HG pregnancies. HG moms deserve to know there are other women fighting just like them and making the brave decision to go against the social norms and choose plant medicine. HG moms need education, resources, and community after centuries of being deprived from it. These stories you are about to hear are from moms who bravely shared them in hopes of helping create change for future HG generations. These stories deserve to be heard. These stories deserve to be protected. And these stories deserve to be shared and listened to. These are the untold stories of HG plant medicine moms. This next story is from Aaliyah, and Aaliyah is actually a individual I got to meet in person through talking about all of this hyperemesis gravarum stuff. Um, me and Aaliyah met through joining a worldwide uh, just Facebook group for moms who use cannabis, and I had noticed that she posted um, in the group introducing herself, and it really caught my attention that she said she was living near Edmonton, Alberta, where I live. And the fact that um, she had experienced hyperemesis gravidarum prior to pregnancy, or um, sorry, in her first pregnancy. Um, so two things we had in common. We lived in the same place and we both had HG pregnancies. I knew I needed to reach out to this girl. And so I think I just messaged her and I said, hey, I'm Tori. I experienced very similar things and I live very close to you. And so from there, we kind of just began chatting and uh, eventually we met up in person and our kiddos met. Uh, together and then the craziest thing happened. She got pregnant again and guess what? It was a HG pregnancy. Um, and so I was able to help Aaliyah out just by kind of helping her understand what HG was, helping her put the pieces together that that's what, you know, she was experiencing last time. And just the fact that it is a horrible illness. And so I was going to help her as best as I could and, um, you know, just make sure that she was getting through her pregnancy because she was going through some stuff with her family and she had a new partner, a lovely partner, um, but life was changing for her and she was puking multiple, multiple, multiple times a day. 
During her first pregnancy with HG, Aaliyah did not use cannabis. And so she got that experience of noticing the difference between um, the relief of cannabis and then not having that relief with cannabis. During her second pregnancy, she gave birth here in um, 2023 to a baby girl that I got to meet right before her and her little family packed up and moved across the country to New Brunswick in Canada here. And uh, they are doing lovely out there and me and Aaliyah still keep in contact and her friendship was such a blessing and I can't believe that I get to also share her story on this podcast how perfect um so here is Aaliyah's story all right so prior to HG pregnancy how how did cannabis come into your life um, what role did it play? What was your experience like? Um, <laughs> I guess, so the first time I consumed cannabis, I was, it was before I had, like way before I ever got pregnant with my first. Um, but I smoked it with a friend. I really didn't enjoy it. Um, so I didn't smoke it again for like three years. Oh, really? Uh, How did it make you feel? Um, I don't know. Like, I just, it was like that, like, first high that you've ever gotten. And I smoked way too much. And I was, I coughed, like, so bad. So then I was just like, I'm not even here anymore. <laughs> so, so, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> first time, my goodness. Yeah. I think I, I think it made me vomit from like how hard I coughed too, because I didn't know how to smoke it. So I like just sucked it right back in my lungs. Like everything just burned. <laughs> yes, it's that is actually so interesting because quite literally, consuming cannabis for the first time, like through smoke inhalation, is so hard. Like it took yes. probably a few months to learn the process of smoking, like inhalation, that part. And I I was yes. just confused. My partner had to coach me through it. Yeah. (laughs) No one coached me through it. No (laughs) one coached me through it. I I literally like looked up like how do you smoke weed without fucking dying? (laughs) Google's so good for Google's good for things and also bad for things. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um yeah, uh I feel like that is a big, maybe a, a lot of, of a big barrier for HG moms too, who maybe have never tried cannabis before, but are hearing about it being this, this way that works for HG. And so I can just imagine maybe some of them their first time, I would never wish a bad little trip upon anyone, especially while HG pregnant. That would be so tricky. I wonder how we could navigate that as a community in the future. Anyways, drifted off into my thoughts there. <laughs> Um, yeah, so cannabis was like pretty crazy at first time you tried it. Three years later, you tried it again? Yeah. Um, and that was like before I got pregnant with Wyatt. Um, and after I got pregnant with him, I like I was like dead set against using cannabis in pregnancy and all that. So I didn't use it my whole pregnancy and then probably not until he was 16 months old um and then I was dealing with like really severe postpartum depression and anxiety um um, and it just like 
it just wasn't getting better. Like it just kept getting worse. So that's when I decided to give cannabis a try again. Um, and it really, really helped me, um, like through the depression and most of all, like just my ability to sleep again. So that was a big thing for me. That's amazing. Um, let's go back to that first pregnancy because it's so interesting how you never used cannabis during your first pregnancy. So you really have that like comparison between the two. Um, walk me through the beginning of that first pregnancy. Uh, what was, what was like the first kind of like alarm bells in your head for maybe I'm not doing well? (laughs) Um, well, I like, it's a while ago, almost five years ago now. Um, but I, I think like the first part where I knew I wasn't okay was like, I was at work and just like the smells everything like just trying to stand was it felt impossible it felt like I was pushing myself to the brink of like just passing out basically because I couldn't keep anything down and I was trying to work three jobs on no sustenance um so I I ended up um, being terminated from that job, um, like the one job, my main job at the time. And uh, they terminated me just, it was in uh, the three per, three month probation period. So I, I didn't have any like grounds for like asking, why are you terminating me basically? So, um, and that was after my employer found out that I was pregnant and had witnessed me being like pretty ill, um, at work. So yeah, I was terminated and left with, um, just the two jobs that I had, which weren't enough to live off of. Um, and like, I just remember going to work vomiting all like running to the bathroom to puke at work all day coming home puking trying to eat like saltine crackers and get in a bottle of Gatorade um and going straight to bed waking up going to work like I I didn't have any obligations other than sleeping puking work and uh that was and then I ended up getting um a third job again. Um, and I just wanted to make sure that I was going to get maternity leave. Um, so I worked three jobs all the way up until I had him. And I don't know how I did it because through this last pregnancy, like I was not okay. Like I, I must've, I don't know, maybe it wasn't as bad with Wyatt, but with winter, it was like, I, there's no way I could have worked. Mm -hmm. I had nothing, no energy or anything. Yeah. That's the first time you were in survival mode. Um, I, I, yeah, I really, that, that's some strength you had to maintain three jobs for pretty much the whole time. And you, you, you got a job during that time while having all of this going on. My goodness. Oh my. I didn't tell them that I was pregnant oh. until I was like seven months. And I was like, yeah, by the way, like two months from now, I'm not, not going to be here. <laughs> you got to do what you got to do. A lot of, 
Oh, yeah. I think so many moms have to kind of like lie about that for that situation to make yeah. sure financially secure. Oh my goodness gracious. So yeah. thinking a lot, coming home, trying to get food into you. What was your doctor saying during this time? Uh, just like giving me more medications to try upping my dosage on all of the different ones. Um, did any of them work? Uh, or did you, did you notice that any of them helped you? Um, I think like none of them really worked. Um, mm-hmm. except maybe diclectin because I tried to, like, I just didn't refill a prescription of diclectin, um, one time. And I was like, you know, it's probably not working anyway. And, um, that I think it was like five days that I, I had to go into the clinic to get an IV put in and all that kind of stuff. Cause I couldn't keep anything down then. So diclectin I think did help. Um, but the other ones I didn't notice any help wow. from them. So, um, yeah. Did your doctor tell you about hyperemesis gravidarum during that time? No. Oh, wow. Wow. Trying trying different solutions, but not really like giving you any knowledge of what's going on and that this is like not a normal thing, you know? That's crazy. Like, I I think they just didn't believe me, really. Like, they didn't think that I was actually puking as much as I was. It's so sad because the evidence is in the scale so many times. It's like, come on, like you got to see that our the scale's dropping and we're losing this weight, which is not normal. Yeah, yeah, pretty crazy. Um, so then your pregnancy at at the end there was did your HD get a little bit better towards uh, third trimester or was it still pretty full force? Um. With my third trimester, it got a lot better. Um, I was like, I was still really really sick. Mm -hmm. Um, Not really sick, I guess. I was puking like every other day or something. Like I would have like a good day and then I would have like a really not good day. Um, It was kind of like that. But like, I think at the end, I was definitely doing a lot better than the rest of my pregnancy so that's so good um now this uh this pregnancy illness I know we were chatting before it runs in your family a little bit right yeah Um, so my my mom had it um no one was ever diagnosed um but my mom had it uh my sister had it my grandma had it my aunt had it my cousin had it like Every female on my mother's side has had it. Wow. So. That was so interesting. So many women around you were equipped to kind of help you, or was it more so like I got through this and so you get through it too? Yeah. Yeah. More like that. <laughs> wow. Um yeah. I definitely like with my first pregnancy, I think people are more inclined to help like um my parents I don't think realized the gravity of how bad it was because I lived with them with my first pregnancy and um they they uh 
like they saw me puking, but they, I was just trying to keep myself going enough to get to work and do all the things that I needed to do. So, um, I guess they just saw that and were like, she's fine, you know, not, not a big deal. Um, and then with this last pregnancy, um, I, I was struggling. I would say I was struggling a lot more. Um, I mean, like having another child to take care of at the same time. And then like, Mm -hmm. I feel like I was much more ill and exhausted than I was the first time. And, um, I, I wasn't getting support and like my mom eventually found out that I was smoking cannabis during my pregnancy. And she was like saying, um, yeah, I puked three times a day, my whole pregnancy, but I never thought about bugging you to get through it. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> like, that's good for you. Glad we both survived that, but I'm going to make a different choice for my child so that we are not starving to death because, yeah. Yeah, for sure. So, so yeah. Your second pregnancy sounds like it was quite a time. It was very much um, like a heavier, heavier HD or like um, not heavier, like more HD was in your body almost. It was second pregnancies I have heard tend to be a little bit more worse or else some moms don't have HG at all. It's so interesting. Yeah. I wish, the- I, I hope that if I ever have another pregnancy, um, it will be HG free. <laughs> I hope so too. And I wonder what statistics show for third children. I really wonder. <laughs> yeah. Um, so for uh, your second pregnancy, that was very recent. Your baby is how many months old now? Three months old, as of a few days ago. <laughs> he says. Yeah. Um, so with your most recent pregnancy there, uh, HG was strong. Do you want to take me back to maybe when you first found out you're pregnant? Yeah. Um, so we were trying to get pregnant. And um, I remember, like, I was peeing on the stick all the time, like, every day, every morning, whatever. And uh, the day that I got my first positive pregnancy test, it was like I was feeling rough that day. And by the evening, like I was laying by the toilet pretty much. Um, Yeah. And like I tried to go to work. um, I think it was the next day. And I went for about half the day. And after having to run upstairs to puke multiple times, I was like, I I can't do this. Um, And the job that I was doing, unfortunately, takes quite a bit of um, precision. I was doing eyelash extensions. So I'm working with sharp tweezers near people's eyes. And I'm like, well, I can't be stoned while um, doing eyelashes. So... I was like, I I can't continue this work, which was pretty disappointing because it was the start of me venturing into like my own business. And um, I was doing really well already. And I had only been doing it for, you know, like two months at that time, like starting my own business. 
doing it and uh, I was getting pretty successful. So that was hard um, going from like a fairly decent income um, to nothing because not working, I wasn't getting paid. So yeah, that was, that was hard. Yeah, for sure. That's like a, that kind of a job working with eyelashes, that would be so impossible. I just remember how sweaty my hands used to get after puking. I can never imagine doing that. That is so unfortunate. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that was, that was not fun. Yeah. Uh, That's definitely an untalked about thing is that uh, HG moms just have this potential of losing their job because there's so many different jobs across the board that involve us being, you know, close to close in proximity to someone else or using our strength, using our hands. And it's like, that goes out the window when you're puking cyclically all day long. It's so, um, and it's so wild that there is job security. That's such a, such a topic in itself. Um, Do you and- mind if I'm smoking a drink? Oh, sorry. Good. <laughs> That's what this podcast is all about. I love it. And with Wyatt, I had a hospital birth and had him with um, not an OBGYN, but um, like a birth doctor, basically. And uh, overall, like I felt happy with my. Um, birth with him um I guess like I didn't I didn't feel like it was traumatic at all or anything like that and so I didn't think anything of it and then my sister had a home birth with her daughter um and just like watching how the midwives worked with her and how smoothly everything went with my niece being born um i i i wanted like that at home feel of like um no stress of like the nurses all running around and the doctors running in and out and like when my son was born my <clears throat> my labor was very very long um but at the end, my dilation was very quick and I transitioned very quickly from um, like five centimeters all the way to 10 and, you know, two pushes and he was out. They told me that I was going to be pushing for two to three hours. I was pushing for maybe 15 minutes. <laughs> um, so they were not prepared and everything was like a scramble. And um, I just remember feeling like very overwhelmed in that moment and feeling like I didn't like nothing nothing was about me not everything was about you know taking this baby out getting this baby cleaned off you know Mm. yada 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 and all of my decisions in that moment felt rushed like um the umbilical cord I I didn't get the whole like holding him after birth they said my umbilical cord was too short and all this kind of stuff um, or I didn't get like the umbilical cord on afterbirth while I was holding him, that yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. It was too short and they just they just cut it and gave him to me basically. So um I I felt very overwhelmed and the more that I thought about my birth experience and how everything went, the more I felt like 
I really didn't enjoy a lot of aspects of that. Like, I felt very, very happy with myself and the amazing thing that I was able to do by, you know, bringing Wyatt into the world and and all that kind of stuff. Like, I felt very empowered by that. But the situation surrounding how that came to be, I was not happy with. Um, and, like, it really took, like, a lot of reflection to realize that because, like, I looked at my birth and I was like, there was nothing really, you know, overly traumatic. There was nothing, like, um, not as traumatic as other women that I've I've heard stories. Um, so as long as everybody was happy and healthy, you know, that was that's all that matters. And more reflection, I was able to be like, no, like my feelings are valid and I'm allowed to not be okay with how certain things went. So I think coming to that term really brought me to the decision. And after seeing like how my sister's birth with her second went, I was able to be like, I would really like this kind of an atmosphere for my second baby. Um, I want to have that, you know, the umbilical cord stay on and, and have that time with her and all that kind of stuff. Like my son was able to be there in the room. He was sitting on the bed watching his tablet while I, you know, gave birth in the pool right across the room from him. And he didn't even notice because he had noise canceling headphones on. So, um, but like he was there for all of it and we were in and out in four and a half hours. So, and like, I got to go home and go to bed. Like I smoked a joint, went to bed. <laughs> that is amazing. So, Number, yeah, 24 hours in the hospital. I, I had no access to cannabis and oh, that is so good. <laughs> well, and like when I went into labor with winter, like I... I had my vape pen and I'm like, I, I smoked mostly joints during my pregnancy, but for labor, I'm like, I don't, I want to be able to just go out if I have to while I'm in labor. So I got some vape pens and I smoked, I hauled on that for like five minutes, went inside and I was good for the rest of my labor. Like I, it was all good. And, uh, yeah, walked out with my baby, like four hours later. Did you did you puke rebirth so, at all with uh, your natural birth there? Oh yeah, oh yeah. How did you deal with um, that? I remember. <laughs> um, well, I, I mean, like, there was a point where I was in the bathroom, and I think I was like, I was transitioning, um, so I wasn't like puking during my labor. Like, I'm, I more felt. Like, um, I don't know. I don't know. I wasn't puking during the labor up until when I transitioned. Then it was like, okay, yeah, like everything get out of me. Gotcha, <laughs> so, gotcha, yeah. Um, so like, I remember sitting on the toilet and I'm like, I have to go to the bathroom. And they're like, mm-hmm. are you giving birth? And I'm like, nope, I'm pretty sure I have to go to the bathroom. And at that moment, I'm like, I got to puke. <laughs> and I'm like, I think I'm through my head. I'm like, I'm going to pass out or I'm going to die. Like, I don't know what's going on. And um, <laughs> then I puked. I got rid of everything in my body. And then we walked over to the tub and 
got in the tub, I had a contraction. And then my next contraction, I had to push. So I pushed and my midwife was over in the corner writing something down. And I was like, she's coming. And then I just pulled her out. And that was that. And after that, I felt amazing. <laughs> that was so interesting. So all of a your body was like, okay, get out of me. And then let's go. Let's go birth this baby. How interesting. Wow. Yeah. Wow. yeah. I had no clue that I was going to go into labor that night either. Like, I... How far along were you again? It was right on my due date she was born. Right. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I I was like, she's probably going to be like a week late or something. Like, I was in a lot of pain. Mm-hmm. Um, TMI. Uh, I was in a lot of gas pain because <laughs> of the position she was in. Of course. So, um, I don't know, like maybe I would have, I could have been in labor longer than I think, but the labor that I noticed was only four and a half hours. Um, and like, I don't know if there was any other signs because I was just in like so much pain from gas buildup yeah, that, that whole day prior. So yeah, I don't know. <laughs> And now, how are you feeling postpartum uh, now compared to maybe last time? Is cannabis a tool that you're using to help? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, postpartum, like, I'm feeling really good. Um, Like, after I had my son, I... The postpartum hit me, like, immediately. It felt like, like I was just depressed right from the start Mm -hmm. and um with her like it's like I've been on a high like I've just been riding this high (laughs) no pun intended (laughs) but um I feel like it's just like it's so much more positive like I'm able to just look at her and enjoy her and um just appreciate how little she is right now and um I'm not struggling just to be happy you know like I I am happy and I struggle with you know lack of sleep and and whatnot like the usual things Mm -hmm. but it's not like I'm like 10 percent grumpy and tired and like 90% just over the moon happy um so in that way it's been so much better and I feel like using cannabis has given me like the peace in my mind to be able to just sit back and enjoy those moments of motherhood and appreciate the time that I have with my children at this point in their lives. So. Yes. That's so beautiful. Wow. I love that so much. I love how cannabis has been such a great tool in, in your journey. That's amazing. Yeah. Uh, I, I feel like it's um, part of who, who I am now and helping me to get through a lot of, traumas in my life I guess <laughs> yeah. so. you were telling me earlier about something you kind of have done recently um to or like 
sorry, you told me something re- that you've done recently uh, uh, with cannabis on the online kind of space. What was that again? Yeah. Um, so I moved to where I am right now um, about a month and a half ago, almost two months now. And I like, I just, I don't know, like I, I have a lot of connections here through my partner because this is where he's from. And I have enjoyed, I've enjoyed getting to know everybody, but I'm also like, I want to have like a community of people that I can um, talk to about like motherhood and not have the judgment for, oh, you're a mom who smokes weed type of thing, you know, like I just want to have a group of moms who like get it, get everything about it. And um, so I made a Facebook group for moms in my surrounding area who use cannabis and um just I shared it with a couple of the moms that mom friends that I've made through my partner and uh they've shared it with their friends and we've grown to over 20 people now (laughs) that's yeah I just made it the other day and we're already got a few in there so I'm excited to meet people who are similar yeah, yeah. Is a great way to bring people together yeah this yeah. is healing you know that people are also like healing sometimes themselves as well which is a cool journey to kind of be on together as friends that's awesome yeah yeah and how would you so how i always like to ask this question too in the future, like let's say your son or your daughter uh, has HG or their partner has HG, how do you hope that HG care changes in the future? Um, well, I hope that there will be a lot more knowledge on it um, and that they'll do studies on women who have used cannabis and other plants to help them through HD because there's just so much stigma on um, getting yourself through it the way that you believe is the safest for you and your baby. And I feel like something like that is just so much, like such a controversial subject that like if you have never experienced it, then you should have no say in what we do to survive, to keep our babies alive while they're baking in mm-hmm. our bellies. Like <laughs> there should be no say. That's right. Unless unless you've gone through it, it's you can't imagine what we've gone through. So 100%. yeah. Well, thank you very much, Shalia, for sharing your story with me. That was a very powerful story. And I'm so happy to hear that your second HG pregnancy, postpartum, you're at peace with your with your soul and your mind a little bit more than last time postpartum. So that's amazing. Oh, thank you for having me on your podcast. Yeah, <laughs> happy to share my story. Love hearing your story so much. And we'll talk very soon, I'm sure. Thank you. 
HG moms are some of the bravest women I know. We were built from darkness and had to rise above. We were given little help, resources, or community by those in charge of our care, but we created it ourselves once we could unite through the internet and tell our stories, where we could tell the truth about plant medicine and surviving HG.